And we are back for another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast, as always brought to you by the Oz American Aces. My name's Adam, and of course, as always, across on the camera, Joshy Dunkley. How we going, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you going? Going really good. Um, off air, we're just uh, trying on hats, and um, it's fair to say the reason why I don't ha- wear hats is because I look absolutely horrendous. And actually, a matter of fact, you said, which this isn't a dig for what it's worth at uh, at Jack Frost, but you said that, and I used to play <laughs> with Jack Frost, played at the pies with him. You said I um I was a, a spitting image of Jack Frost with a hat on, so maybe afterwards I can try a hat on and see what people think. Well, we'll get the photo out there uh, of you wearing it just before we went on on air here of you uh, wearing a hat, and we'll see what the what the fans think because it was a spitting image. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I think it's probably because the pale skin and when I put the hat on, um, it looks like I'm bald. And Frosty was uh, – he used to have like the crew cut. and Well, I think he still does to be honest. So um, anyway, pretty funny. How's your week been anyway for uh, for someone who's obviously not playing at the moment? I can imagine it's been pretty frustrating from a footy point of view. But what have you been up to throughout the week? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a different week as I sort of touched on last week because I didn't play last week either. But um, yeah, just doing rehab and, and training probably a lot more than what – used to in season because you've still got to keep up the level of fitness that you carry when you get injured. So um, a lot of off legs, as we talked about last week, bike sessions and stuff, but I sort of ventured away from the bikes and started doing some swimming. So uh, the swimming sort of took over and um, now that I'm back running and and fully training, which is good. Uh, Yeah, it's been a bit more normal the last couple of days. So it was a bit of a quiet weekend, mate. Did a big session on Saturday and then kicked back and watched all the footy and and everything that went down on the weekend and uh, recovered and then got up uh, for Monday training again to see the boys. And it's a bit weird when everyone travels away because you lose touch with, you know, all the coaches, all the staff, all the players. And, and then when they come back, it's just great to see them all. So it's been nice to spend the last couple of days with them. You mentioned swimming. You're a good swimmer, weren't you? Or aren't you? I was all right. I was all right. Yeah, I went to uh, my best accomplishment in swimming was actually backstroke. I came, <laughs> I think I came uh, ninth in Victoria once when I was about under 13s or something. So you're, you're under 13 Victorian swimmer and you were the state second or whatever state champion for badminton under 13 as well, weren't you? No, so I was I came ninth in Victoria, so I didn't represent Victoria. Okay. But the badminton thing, yes, I did. I was number – I represented Victoria as number one. Who That's would have insane. thought? At the same – so as a 13-year-old as well, right? Yeah, yeah. You could have represented Australia at uh, at the uh, Australian, I mean, at the Olympics and the Com Games. And speaking of Com Games, did you see that Melbourne have um, pulled the pin? <laughs> I have. I saw that today. That's uh, that's pretty bad. I think from this from the state government. What do you think? Oh, I'm pretty flat about it because, well, I'm hopefully I'm um, I'll be 33 by then. Hopefully, I'm still in the AFL. That'd be nice, but. I thought maybe with a bit of pool and um, being an AFL player, we might be able to go to some of the events. And it's always been a dream of mine to be able to watch actual um, events like athletic events. And the last Com Games actually that I went to, 2018, was up on the Gold Coast with um, Kimmy. Kimmy was playing netball, but I wasn't able to stay and watch any of the running or anything. So it was something that I was actually looking forward to. Oh, well, it's a bit of a shame. I'll have to wait to, I think, 2032 is when they have the Brisbane Olympic Games. So. Who knows, mate? Maybe once you know, you'll be retired by then, I reckon, but you might be able to um, delve into the badminton side of things and potentially represent <laughs> Australia at the 32 Olympic Games. No way. I was just going to say that you might be um, getting in the wrestling ring, mate, and <laughs> and taking a taking something different up. 
it's pretty funny because we did obviously uh, we always send in questions um, on our on our socials and get some great questions and we're actually going to answer some questions later on quite a few but quite quite common questions that I get are like about wrestling my favorite wrestlers um, if I still watch wrestling uh, what was my favorite wrestling storyline in the WWE when I was a kid growing up and that uh, was pretty funny but um, no it would be it would be funny but. I reckon you'd probably have me in the wrestling side of things because isn't, isn't that the one thing that uh, you you hang your hat on when it comes to you versus me? Because why oh. did your sumo wrestling battles we used to have it uh, at the footy club? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably one of the um, the best things that I've got on you. And, you know, obviously not playing at the at the dogs anymore, so you can't get me in the wrestling ring and, <laughs> unless you come up here and, and wrestle me in Brisbane. So uh, I'm happy with that, mate. I might have to wait. Oh, mate, hopefully we can meet each other in the finals. That'd be nice. Um Obviously, if we both make it, but uh, maybe we'll have to get the sumo wrestling going on the captain's run. I'll join them. I'll come join you and wrestle in the middle of the circle like we used to. But for what it's worth, I, I only lost on a technicality. When it was a pure strength battle, I wasn't losing. No, that that's so <laughs> wrong. That is so wrong. If that was the case, you would have been able to beat me a couple of, like, we did it how many times? We would have done it five or six times. Yeah, and you I won beat every you time. Hands down, every time. It wasn't so you had your down. chance, mate. It's gone. You just get you over just, it. You just, you just use your smarts against me, which is um, <laughs> which is annoying, which is very annoying. But um, before we get into the footy, as we always do, a couple of things. Tommy, our uh, our great mate Tommy, who loves you, obviously a massive part of our show, and we love him at Oz American Aces, and he helps he's helped us out enormously this year. He's left us freaking mid year to go on this unbelievable European holiday, so he's left you and me to take up the reins, which is, you know, we did it last year, but uh, it was smooth sailing all the way through to, I think this is our 19th or 20th episode. He's left us. Yeah, I know. He actually uh, sent us a WhatsApp before and then deleted the message, so I'm a bit concerned about what he's up to at the moment. Tommy is, um, <laughs> nah, he's a good man. We love him. He's uh, having a great time. He deserves a break, so we get around him and uh, have a bit of a laugh, but it's... Uh, yeah, I think most importantly, he uh, he has a crack for us. So we appreciate everything he does. And when he told us that he was going away, we got around and we said, make sure you enjoy it. So hope he's having a good time over there. Yeah, me too. One thing that he'd be proud of, which is the other thing I was going to mention before we get into the footy. I actually did my first proper, and you'll laugh at this, did my first proper uh, fantasy draft. So you know how I've been doing mock drafts, right, for for four months in the NFL? I actually did my yeah. first proper one today. I'm in six leagues this year, and I know I say it every week, but we're going to get to a point in, in the year, maybe next month when the preseason game's around, we're going to have a whole segment on the NFL, so you need to do your studying and, and your research and preparing for our couple uh, leagues we're in together, but I actually did my first fantasy draft today. I don't have to do my study, mate, because you'll just talk for the whole time, which you normally do anyway, so that's all right. We'll just, <laughs> I'll just sit here and listen to you just blabber on about NFL. <laughs> No, it's the Ads and Dunks podcast, and <laughs> my goal, my goal this year, because last year for the people who listened, when we did talk NFL, you're right, because I'm very opinionated and strong in my opinions when it comes to the NFL and the NBA for what it's worth. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a massive say this year on NFL fantasy because you won last year's NFL fantasy in the big league that our great mate Tommy hosts every year. So you do know you're in NFL. You just choose not to pipe in as much. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a quiet achiever, mate. You like to speak out and open about, you know, your thoughts and feelings and your emotions and uh, whereas I just like to, you know, get it done behind the scenes like, like always. So that that was my approach this year and <laughs> speaking of NFL actually. I mean, I know we're blabbering on a bit, but that's okay. We love doing it. Um have you seen that new documentary on Netflix? 
No, I haven't yet. I've been seeing it pop up everywhere, but apparently it's really good. Okay, so do me a favor, watch it this week, within the week, and we're going to talk about it next week because I've I've had a lot of Uh, questions already about it because obviously sent through our questions, and I feel like it'd be pretty cool for us to talk about it and and give a little bit of insight on how we would feel if we were, I guess, tracked throughout a year and, and seeing the ebbs and flows of a season. But, mate, it's unbelievable. The one thing that I can't wait for you to see is the actual play calling that they do you know how they're on the headset and they're talking to the um, the quarterback coach and the head coach? Mate, the play set, oh, my God, it's unbelievable. Can't wait for you to see it because I could only imagine me being in that situation and you being in that situation and imagine like imagine you're, you've got a mic in your ear and you've got Fags talking to you throughout the whole game at stoppages and whatnot and telling you this is what we want to do at this stoppage. This is how everyone needs to be set up. Go. You've got five seconds. How do you reckon you'd go? Imagine that. That would be pretty hectic. <laughs> Like, especially with, I feel like the coaches over there in the NFL are way more calm and like, and they just, they, nothing phases them. Whereas over here in an AFL, like if you make a mistake, you just see, you always see vision of coaches like cracking it. Imagine that in a year, like bloody hell, Adam, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be quite funny. And I can, Bevo would get pretty frustrated because, uh, yeah, I could imagine with how we're playing at the moment, there'd be some times where he'd be saying that. So, um. Yes, I can. Uh, I can only imagine how that would be, but uh, I'm glad we're not mic'd up because people do say players who, and I'm not sure you might have experienced this because I've never been in a coach's box or like next to the coach's box when I've been out injured. I've always sat away. I've heard from players who have sat in the coach's box that they never want to do that again because of because of what comes out of the coach's mouth. I think I've I've had the experience. So when I did my shoulder. I came to Port Adelaide. Remember when you was you oh, were crook yes. that time, yes, and I came yes, over yes. and I watched as uh just uh, it was like a couple of weeks after I did my shoulder, and I sat in the coach's box. And yeah, it is a very eye opening experience. But <laughs> I think for me, from my perspective, I actually found it very worthwhile because you you see the game the way that the coach and the coaches see the game, like from yep. up there. So yeah, and how passionate they are and. You know, things they talk about are like things that you can actually use on field. So I found it a really good lesson for me. Like that was my opinion. But yeah, there were times where you hear so much stuff, you're like, oh shit, I probably shouldn't say that to whoever it was after the game or whatever. But um, yeah, it is good. It's a worthwhile uh, experience. That's for sure. Yeah. People have said it's a, it's definitely an eye opener, which is pretty, uh, pretty crazy. One other thing I wanted to mention, one more thing, promise you, before footy. Is it's a little bit of a, uh, a uh, or just something that I'm an ambassador for. So I'm an ambassador for Left Right Counselling, which is that um, organisation that helps kids between the age of 13 and and really 25 plus um, who have struggled with you know mental health issues and um, uh, uh, just challenges in general. And it's a, a non uh, a non profitable organisation that one of my great mates has been the founder of. And um, yeah, as I said, I'm an ambassador for it. It's something that I'm extremely proud of. Um, I'm heading down tomorrow um, to do a clinic for, you know, people who want to come down and it's just something that I'm excited about doing and, and I know a lot of uh, the listeners, um, you know, always ask us about stuff that we do away from footy and I thought it was a good opportunity for me now just to say that I'm excited about doing it tomorrow. Um, if you're in the Somerville area, I know this gets released. Uh, at 7.30 on a Wednesday, this will be around that time when I'm in Somerville. So if you hear it, bang. Jump out to Somerville and I'll be there because I'm excited about getting down there and um, spending some time with the kids. So, 
yeah, going forward, I'll, I'll be doing more clinics and I'm talking about it a little bit more. So I'm really excited about, um, you know, left-right counselling organisation and something that is um, I'm proud about. So, yeah, mate, just a little pump up that I want to do and um, looking forward to uh, tomorrow. But uh, we'll move into the footy. We'll talk with your game first because both of our games were extremely close, extremely close, lost by the barest of margins, both in unique situations. Yours was probably a lot more unique considering, uh, you know, the fact that you guys are up by, I think, 20 points with about seven minutes to go. And I can only imagine, 28, can only imagine how you were feeling sitting on the couch. I believe you're sitting on the couch watching or probably standing up. Run us through how you were feeling and, yeah, just the fallout from, from the game and the, and the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, it was probably the way that everyone saw it, the way I saw it was uh, it was a great game of football. I thought it was finals-like footy um, early, pretty early, in the, early on in the season, but still it's probably, yeah, six rounds to go or whatever it is now. But it's great to for our young guys to get that kind of experience, I think. But the game was, um, yeah, it was a weird one because they kicked the first four. We then took over the game and, and played some really exciting footy up until five minutes or so into the last quarter and then unfortunately let it slip. But, mate, I've never I've never barracked the way that I was barracking at home on the couch ever. For Like, it was just insane. Like, it was one of those games where you just – the adrenaline was pumping. After the game, I literally felt like I'd played. Like, I'd try to go to sleep and it was like I couldn't go to sleep for like two hours and I had to be up at – 5.30 the next morning for rehab. So, um, yeah, it was tough to watch because, you know, when you sit back and you're watching from home and you just can't do anything, there's things that you see on the screen, you're like, gosh, get on, like, what? do yeah. that, do this, like, yeah. man up or whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult one to watch. But um, as I said, I think the, the whole group will take a lot out of it. And I think the most exciting part about it was that we – we played some really good footy uh, on the MCG against a really good team. And, um, yeah, I feel like that's going to hold us in good stead later in the season because that experience, you know, it hurts. Yes, it does. Even though I wasn't playing, it hurts me for the boys to go through something like that and obviously the team that I play for. So, um, yeah, I do feel though it's going to help us towards the later end of the year. And we sat down and talked about it on Monday in the review and, yeah, we watched a lot of good vision watch some areas for improvement, but we haven't been in many close games this year. So that type of experience will help us uh, moving forward. So, um, yeah, as I said, one that we probably could have got that didn't uh, eventuate, but we look forward to using that moving forward. And and uh, we've got a big game this week against the Cats. So look forward to that challenge. Yeah, yeah. I could only imagine how you're feeling. And, and I couldn't agree more in terms of the experience that a lot of the, not just the young guys, but all the guys will get from the game, um, and you mentioned obviously how pleasing it was. You know the way you're at, you're in front, ultimately right to the very, very end, and they kicked the goal to hit the lead. But I think what was extremely impressive as well is the way Melbourne started. Obviously, was very ominous, yeah. and it looked pretty dangerous for you guys. And you know the talk about being in Melbourne and um, you know playing at the G. The fact that you're able to come back and peg it your way, and um, yeah, just play better footy right up till that last quarter and then obviously lose. I think, as you said, there's a lot of areas where you can take from that game and holding good stead going forward for when you get that opportunity, um, being in that position. And, you know, who knows, could be this week against Geelong who are absolutely flying at the moment. But, yeah, I couldn't agree more um, with what you're saying. Um, 
rude of me not to ask as well. I know uh, I asked off air, how's your body feeling um, for this week? You just mentioned you've done quite a bit of rehab. Are you um, in line to play? I know there's a few more days, but yeah, how's, how's uh, the body feeling? Yeah, it's feeling good. I completed the main session today, so got another one to tick off before the game, but all things are pointing in the right direction and uh, calf feels great. So looking forward to hopefully being out there on the weekend, but uh, touch wood, I've got to get through the next few sessions before before then. So exciting. It's it's like you're a little kid again, mate. Like I mm. trained today and I was like running around like that excited that I was out yeah. there and, you know, you just feel like you're, you've been away from it for so long when it's been two weeks. So, um, yeah, feeling good and, and positive. It's a different different one because I've never experienced a soft tissue before and I was actually chatting to you about it on my way home tonight after a, a clinic uh, just about, you know, little things that you think about and it's just in your mind because you're like, oh, is that, you know, is that sore? Is that awareness or what's going on there? But it's just the way that it is and that's mm, just what you got to mm. go through to to get yourself back to playing at that elite level. So look forward to hopefully being out there on the weekend. Yeah, that's great. Great to hear. And unfortunately, I know that feeling. I know it quite often because I've uh, had a, my fair share of soft tissue injuries. But um, now we're all looking forward to you getting back out there. It's been a bit weird you not playing because you, you're not one who tends to miss much footy other than it being a traumatic um, injury like your shoulder you had a couple of years ago and you obviously had your Cindy you know, before I was here and a couple of other things. But yeah, it's a bit weird not watching it. And um, me watching the Brisbane Lions every week, it's hard watching. It's I'm almost like, why am I watching this? <laughs> You're not even playing. What's the point of me watching? But um, no, nah, it'd be good for for you when you get out there. But um, as you said, it's it's uh something that you don't take for granted, eh? When you when you're away from the group and and you see games that you've seen on the weekend, for instance, where you've lost mm. pretty much the last kick of the game, it makes you not want to take that for granted. And the fact that going out there playing week in week out is your job, but something that you love doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. Like we all, we all love doing what we do. And, uh, when you get, when that gets taken away from you, I feel like that's the, that's when you start to learn how, you know, how much you do love the game. So looking forward to getting back out there and, and doing what, you know, I want to do and what I love doing. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. But let's talk about your game. We've talked enough about ours and this week and stuff. So, Yours was a big Thursday night clash against the Swans. Looks pretty good for, for most of the night. Probably the second quarter was one, because I was watching your game too, mate, as always, uh, one that probably let you down a little bit. How how was halftime and what was the approach after that? And just talk about, you know, everything that went. Um, yeah, frustrating. Frustrating as I, um, you know, we, we've played, Yeah, I, I don't know what the stats are, but I've I would think we're one of the best first quarter teams in the competition. We seem to get off the blocks really quick and, you know, that's a credit to the guy's mindset and, and you know, wanting to start well and really set the tone for the game. The challenge is obviously, you know, the second quarter and, as you mentioned, in areas of the game where we just have lapses where we allow teams to just pile on goals. I sound like I'm a broken record at the moment because I've been mentioning this pretty much every week, but it's what the reality is and it's the most frustrating thing because – um, it's never effort. It's never, you know, it's never um, effort based. And you, you know, as a player, and you know, you can only imagine what the coaches think. But they never want to coach effort. And the fact that it's never effort for us is a good thing. But it's also frustrating because 
where we are lacking is probably the concentration side of things and the urgency side of things when it comes to defending really well and, um, you know, ball in hand decision making and whatever it may be. You know, examples being it was real wet and slippery. I'm not sure if you could tell from the um, from sitting at home or watching, but it was really wet and slippery. Um, it was one of those games where it couldn't overhandle the ball. And, yeah, there was multiple times where we had players overhandle the ball. I remember a time where I overhandled it and it was just a shallow turnover and they were able to win the ball back in a spot where, you know, you don't want them to win back. So one of those kind of games, and I feel like in the first quarter we just weren't doing that. We're getting the ball and getting it deep to our forwards or giving our forwards an opportunity versus in the second quarter, you know, and times in the third and fourth, we kind of went away from that. And that's the urgency concentration side of things, which is probably the most frustrating thing. Um, so that's probably where we fell apart a little bit. I mean, pleased that, you know, they, they I think, 14, 15 points up in the third and then we're able to, you know, wrestle that back. And most of the time when you when you play against the West, oh, well, our footy club, interstate we're, we're quite often outnumbered with the fans and that was again very similar on the weekend Sydney had a very strong crowd there and they were clearly riding their momentum in that little third quarter period so yeah pleasing that we're able to wrestle it back off the back of you know enormous efforts by Naughty up forward and Bonte inside and Libra inside Chile was enormous in the ruck as well um, so pleasing with that aspect just the fact that we couldn't get the job done is probably the most frustrating thing because we know how important now winning is because you could throw a blanket over the fifth to I think fifteenth. It's pretty much one and a half games in between it, and you know every single game has got to be finals like um, build up and intensity for us, and um, that's what it's got to be like for us going forward. So yeah, it's a frustrating result for us, mate, because um, yeah we we pride ourselves on on uh, winning close games and wanting to be one of those teams that wins close games regularly, and the fact that we haven't been able to do that. Especially the last has been really, really frustrating. Yeah, you, you touched on uh, Naughty playing his role up forward. It was great to see him back to his back to his best. I think we know that he's a he's a superstar of the game, and um, you know people have often or lately sort of talked about Jamara being the number one forward. But I think we all know deep down that Big Naughty does a mm. lot of the work down there, and uh, it was good to see him get a bit of reward for. I'm sure the effort that he's putting in behind the scenes at the footy club. Yeah, naughty. The the obviously there's no fluke or um, no shock to me why he's so good at what he does. What impresses me the most, and you know, you, you quite often see these with a lot of great forwards that well I've played with for sure. Um, is his defensive side of the game is probably as good as anyone's. Yeah, his repeat efforts is probably as good as anyone's I've seen, and and his ability to quickly get up off the ground when he's gone for a big mark. I mean, it separates himself, I believe, from, you know, being a, a, a really good player to an absolute great or a star. So, and the best thing about Naughty, he's only 23, I think. So he's still a baby and, um, yeah, has, still has so much learning to do. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. When he's up and about, it's it's nice. It's just we just need a bit of luck sometimes going inside. And, um, you know, it didn't help us, Sammy Darcy, going out, Real early with his corky, it's one of the you know one of the worst injuries I've seen in terms of trauma to a body part. It's his leg got a massive corky, and he was in quite a amount of pain. And um, you know he was trying to run after halftime in the warm up, and you could just see like mate, there was no way he was going to be able to. It's one of those real deep corkies. So yeah, that wasn't um, ideal. Lot uh, we had a couple guys. Jimmy O'Donnell went down as well. We've had some guys um, you know being unlucky with their um, continuity and not being able to build it. So. You know, as you as you know, uh, 
when teams, you know, play consistently good footy, they they need a bit of luck with it as well. And um, I feel like we've been a little bit unlucky in that aspect. Baz as well, obviously, Baz didn't play, and um, he's been a bit crook throughout the week. So last week, so yeah, that that side of things has been a little bit annoying as well. But yeah, you can't control those side of things, and um. Yeah, all in all, it was just a disappointing result. I mean, there's a lot of positives to take out of it, but disappointing result. We um we got to move quickly on to, you know, the game this Friday against Essendon. Yeah, I was going to say before we move on, um, I talked about us sort of reviewing the game and how, yes, we looked at some positives, but we also looked at some uh, of the improvements. I suppose uh, for us, it was the first quarter or the majority of the first quarter and the last, you know, 20 minutes of the game. We looked at that and said, you know, you want to get better at this, this, and this. And yes, we don't want to make mistakes, but I want to know how you guys reviewed your game. Like, was it something you sit down and you say, boys, we probably, we were good enough tonight, but we didn't quite get there because this happened or is it more just negative stuff or what, how do you, how'd you look at it? Um, now the thing is you, a lot of the times you look at key indicators and, and, um, areas in the game where if you were to win it, you generally win the game. So, for an example, you win contested ball and clearance. You're a big chance to win the game. You win in the inside 50 count by, you know, maybe 10 plus. You generally win the game. And, yeah, we we comfortably won contested ball clearance. We won inside 50 count. I think we won the territory battle in terms of percentage played now half. And we weren't able to win the game. So, y- you can't. Uh, you have to acknowledge, you know, where we did do well. So in terms of reviewing, yeah, we review our stoppage structures and what worked well for us and, you know, why we won clearance, why we won stoppage, why we were able to be effective. We kicked, you know, I think three goals from stoppage. Um, oh, I think just from center bounce, actually, three goals from center bounce, which is pretty good, which is really good. And, yeah. um, you know, you can't discredit that. So in terms of reviewing, yeah, we've got to, keep reiterating why this is important why we're doing this well but as I touched on before you know in the review and, and as I said there's got to be areas where we've got to improve um, the biggest thing for us was was that concentration urgency factor um, in particular on defense and so we reviewed a couple of clips where you know the first quarter where we're in the right position defensively and this is I don't mean defenders defenders this is like as an 18 defensively we're in the right position in the first quarter where in the second quarter when they're kicking goals, we're just a little bit off with our positioning and where we want to be. And I reckon most clubs would probably be like that, um, you know, tend to be like that. So that's kind of more where our view led to because we know if we're just that little bit better with our concentration, we're going to be in a good position to sustain what we're doing. And that was, you know, we're up by four goals at one stage and then we allowed them to kick a goal off, you know, poor positioning, poor decision-making. And I think that's another area for us that we're always continually trying to improve on because we get our fair share of the, the ball, but it's just about making the right decision when it needs to be made. And and again, in the game, there was times, as I touched on, where we overused the ball and, you know, got to re-watch this, look up the ground, see what our forwards are doing because we get the ball in this position and then you decide to handball again. You know how much that throws the forwards out of whack. You know how much it's going to throw us out of whack defensively in terms of being set up off mm. that. And um, again, I'm talking a lot of footy here in talk details, but I know our fans like listening to that, but that's kind of the the side of things to review. And then individually, you obviously talk about um, with your line coach about what you want to do personally in areas that you need to improve on. And, you know, as I said, for me, there was 
times where I, I decided to, you know, use my hands rather than just take the territory when I should have just taken territory depending on the game. A couple of times where I lost my feet, my footing, um, trying to, you know, withstand tackles and stand up in tackles. And that's just this little insight on what I wanted to improve from the game and, and going to see my coaches and trying to improve on that throughout the week and then take it into the next game. But yeah, that's kind of what the week's been like, but that's what most weeks are like for us. Yeah, it's a good insight. I feel like you, you sort of touched on it there when you talked about, you know, reaction time. I feel like that's a big one and the quick thinking and making a decision's all a part of that. So for the young kids out there or our listeners, I think that's the, one of the most important things is how quick you can make a decision, but also the right decision. Like at times you're going you're gonna to mess it up, but the more you can put yourself in that position and challenge yourself, the better you're going to be. So um, it's a great insight, Adji. Well done on that one. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to uh, to this week. It's a big game for you boys on Friday night. You talked about you know every game being gold and you know in the run for finals now. We've only got six weeks left, and um, yeah, everything's up for grabs. So how are you looking at that one? And what are you feeling about the the Bombers? They were pretty disappointing against the Cats on the weekend. Yeah, I think you know that's clearly an outlier about how well they've been playing and um, credit to the Cats as well. That's a clear indication of how they've been playing. So, um, you know, disregarding the that game on the weekend, they've been extremely impressive. The Bombers have, you know, they move the ball as well as anybody. I think they're as good as anybody moving the ball in terms of possessing it and, you know, kicking it at all costs um, and hitting targets at all costs essentially rather than, you know, trying to fast – play the game and, and, and really take you on off halfback. And and that's probably a reflection of their ball users and guys like Zach Merritt, Darcy Parrish, Mason Redman. Um, you know, like the list goes on, the guys that are quality ball movers. Um, movers. Um, so it's going to be a, yeah, an interesting battle. It's something that both teams have to be up for. I think we're on, on the same amount of points, both of us. Um, I think they're just ahead of us. Or we might just be ahead of them now on percentage. Um. But, uh, you know, it's something that we're going to build up enormously inside. We have to because uh, – internally, I should say, because we have to. We've got to, we've got to approach this game like our season depends on it because, you know, every game is important and that's what we're going to do this week. We've got to be able to take their strengths away. And as I said, that's their strengths. They'll just chip the, way, chip the ball um, their way through you and give their forwards a chance to score against you and we just can't allow that. So um, I believe if we, you know – continue the way we've been playing around the footy, which is the contest side of things, and that's led by, you know, Bont and Libra inside. Um, we've just got to fine-tune the um, way we want to go inside 50, and then, as I've touched on for the last 20 minutes, the way we want to defend. And that'll go a long way, you know. The Marvel Stadium is obviously a fast track, which, you know, I think suits both sides. Um, we've got to be able to utilize that for us in terms of how we want to play. I feel like it really suits how we want to play, and... We've got to be aggressive and, um, you know, bold with the way we want to move the footy. So, you know, fully expect that to be the case on the weekend, fully – oh, on Friday, fully anticipate for us to do that. Everyone's going to come, you know, with the right attitude and mindset. We had a great main session yesterday. We've already, you know, not moved on from the week because you want to keep learning throughout the week from the previous week. But we've firmly got our sights set on uh, the Friday game and um, it just can't come quick enough for us because we just want to – put our best foot forward. We want to make each other proud, but we want to make our fans and coaches proud of of the kind of footy that we know we can play. And, you know, it's a big week for us this week, which is going to build into a big six weeks for us 
which hopefully leads into a um, a second season, as you call it, which I like to call the finals, obviously. So, yeah, it'll be a big week for us. Yeah, it's going to be a huge big Friday night game again. Another primetime slot. It's uh, That's your third in a row, isn't it? Friday night, mm. Thursday night, Friday night. That's pretty cool. Yes, and it's eight-day break for us too. So it's been um, – yeah, it's been nice that we're able to have an eight-day break. The Bevo – and the coaches and the and the staff gave us actually the weekend off. Essentially, we had to kind of do our own training on the Saturday, um, which was great because you know it's it is always refreshing when you're able to go away for a couple of days. Well, not go away, but not I guess follow a, a program per se and and just kind of do your own program around your own time. So yeah, it's been nice and refreshing. As I said, great session yesterday for the boys. We we're really really looking forward to um you know to uh to getting there on Friday. But um, what about you, mate? You're uh you obviously said you need to tick off one more session. Um, fingers crossed you do. Got no doubt you will. Fingers crossed. Um, massive game. Enormous game. Geelong are um, obviously playing some great footy. I feel like they've definitely found their mojo back. Um, a lot of talk around them about, you know, being up there with Collingwood and, and Port Adelaide as as a three-informed teams. And that's, um, you know, that's a big thing because obviously you guys in Melbourne are flying as well. So, yeah, how do you see that one playing out? And you must be excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. You touched on them being back in form, and um, I feel like they're they are they're well and truly back to their best. You know, they, they played really well on the weekend against the Bombers. Didn't give an inch, which is a a tough thing to do against a you know quality outfit that you just mentioned have have played some good footy over the last couple of months. So um, we're going to be expecting their best. I say it every time. Uh, the, the contest is probably where it's going to be won and lost because we're both kind of territory teams and we like to have the ball in our front half and, and you know, generate forward half turnovers and whatnot. So as most teams do these days, but I feel like this weekend is going to be a, a huge challenge for us. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting opportunity. Again, reigning premiers will build it up like it's going to be a, a finals-like game. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that challenge. I feel like they're their list and they're getting all their players back now and it's a similar sort of story to last year. So we're going to have to be at our very best ourselves to um, to take it up to them. But fingers crossed we uh, we turn up and, you know, get the big gab of crowd behind us again. It's always nice playing at home in front of a, yeah. a packed house and and making it a bit of a, a daunting experience for the opposition. So um, looking forward to that challenge and, and the excitement around the game because it's a different time slot. It's like 4.35, mm. I think, on Saturday. So it feels like it's, it should be a Saturday night or something, but it's a it's an afternoon game, which is funny. But, um, yeah, look forward to it, as I mentioned, and hopefully I'm back out there and, and can do my bit for the boys. Yeah, so I agree with you. Fingers crossed it's going to be an absolute ripping game. Um, how do you preview How do you preview a game like this week? I mean, obviously, you you preview – probably similarly every week, but when you're coming up against an opposition like Geelong, who are the reigning premiers, but, you know, are playing really, really good football. Um, yeah. How, how do you give give the listeners a bit of an insight? How would you preview uh, a team, you know, not just Geelong, but most teams, but in particular the way the Geelong are playing and, and, you know, how intimidating coming up against a team like Geelong are. How do you preview that um, throughout the week? Yeah, we always get together on, it's normally a Tuesday for a seven-day break. And if we're playing Saturday, we'll have a Tuesday session, but we'll also have Tuesday like opposition reviews. So and then, you know, it sets up your whole week to know how they play and what they want to do. So for a team like the Cats, we had a look at them today. We look at every team 
you know, on a day like today and, and go through and sort of pinpoint things that they're really good at and how we can sort of minimize the impact that they have in those areas. And, um, yeah, looking at the, the cats over the last few weeks, as we sort of touched on, like they've been going really well in majority of the areas that you look at. So it's hard to find something that, um, that they've been not so good at over the past couple of weeks, yeah. especially. So, um, it's a it is a difficult one to review, especially the the teams you know that are playing good footy. So, uh, for us, you know, we're just going to have to back ourselves in. Obviously, we're going to have plans in place that might um, minimise those those areas that that I just talked about. But all in all, I think a lot of teams these days back in their their structures and the way that they play, and hope that that you know takes it right up to the opposition. So. Uh, at the end of the day, I feel like that's the main, that's the main thing. We want to turn up. We want to play our best footy and hopefully that, you know, with all the other things that we, we're putting in place, uh, that can help us get over the line. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good little insight. It's great. And and you're right, it's going to be hard because, uh, yeah, there's uh, not really a floor at the moment in, in the way Geelong are playing. So it's going to be a interesting battle for you. Um, I wanted to ask you, and I know you always ask me about uh, big footy talking points. Um, I'm going to ask you this time. Maxi Gorn and Brody Grundy, uh, I wouldn't say yeah, situation. It's not really a situation. It's just obviously Brody Grundy is uh, a premier All-Australian, uh, great ruckman, great player. Um, what's your thoughts on on all of it? Oh, I mean, if a player's out of form, a player's out of form, and I don't know if he's been, because I haven't really watched them very closely. I don't know if he's been... Uh, starkly out of form, but they've obviously made that call to to send him back to the VFL. It's a weird one from my perspective because they sort of got him to the club to be that forward ruck or ruck forward with Big Gorney. But then you watch on the weekend or Friday night, you see Gorney dominate a game like he did. And to be honest, without him out there, like they would have been probably in trouble against against our boys. So. Uh, he played one of the games for the ages, in my opinion. He was he was incredible, and uh, to have you know nearly thirty touches and I think around twenty hitouts to advantage and and win the hitout count by X amount. I'm not sure what it was in totality, but he he literally dominated that game. If he doesn't get three votes in the Brownlow Medal for that game, like I'd be blown away personally. <laughs> I think I think he should get three votes by an absolute. He was good, but. Mate, Max Gorn, without Max Gorn, they lose that game. So, yeah. in my opinion, I feel like the Brody maxing, it could work. I still think it can work, but at the moment, it's not. So, for the for Brody, he's got to go back and play VFL. I think it's probably a, a good call by the footy club because Max showed on the weekend what he can do as a, as a sole ruckman with getting a little chop out. But that combination, I remember you and I were talking about it when it went through. It was like, geez, that's going to be yep. pretty pretty powerful and no one's going to be able to stop that. So once yep. they get it up and going, look out. Yeah, see, I, I'm still a firm believer that it it's, can work. And it's mm. funny because when, you know, when uh, something comes up like this, obviously, and that's Brody not playing, which is a big deal because Brody's a champion. He's an absolute champion, one of the best people oh, yeah. that I know. And, you know, Brody's best footy is as good as anybody's I've ever seen. And I love the guy to bits. Um, it's, but as I was saying, it's funny when, when some of this comes up, everyone just talks about it. And a lot of the times it's like in a negative way and you don't really hear too much positive about it. And, you know, here we don't really like to throw 
negative stuff out, you and I. We're, we're a big advocate for the players. Um, and I love how Melbourne have come out and given their support to Brody and, and wrap their arms around him and it's great and you can genuinely sense the care and love that they have for him and mm. um, you know I'm just a firm believer that it still can work and he's still extremely intimidating I mean if we were playing Melbourne this week and knowing Gorney and Brody were both playing it'd be you know I could only imagine Chile would be um, you know preparing himself for an absolute blockbuster game between them both but it'd be very daunting to come up against those two still at their best so I'm um you know, I'm uh, I'm on Brody's side. I'm hoping there's a uh, there's some dominant performances um, wherever he plays, and then he can get back in and play. But I thought it was a bit of an interesting one because there's been quite a bit of talk about it. Yeah, there has been. But as I said, I feel like the um, yeah, they've probably made the right call in the end. But I'm sure Brody will be back in soon, and they'll be they'll be working that right combination very well. And and the rest of the competition will be a bit nervous about it. I reckon. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to do something. Uh, Nice and no, it doesn't have to be too quick, but a little bit fun for us both. Um, there's obviously six weeks to go, but I wanted to do our uh, our update or our predictions on Brownlow, Coleman, Rising Star, and a smoky All-Australian selection. And then we'll wait to see what our uh, viewers say throughout the week. And this is obviously not right now. In six weeks' time, you're predicting who's going to be Top three in the Rising Star, top three Coleman medal, and top three Brownlow medalists. So we'll start off with the Rising Star for you. Oh, geez, you put me under the pump a little bit. I'm going to say uh, Ashy, Sheasel, and one bloke that I think's not getting enough attention in the Rising Star race is another teammate of mine, and that's Darcy Wilmot. He's, Has he been nominated? Yeah, he's been he's been nominated, but yeah, he he gets he gets no attention from any kind of media source or whatever, but. Personally, he is like one of the best young players I have seen. He's going to be a star, and no one talks you, about him. So I'm you, going to say I'm going to throw him in there. Do you think because Ashy's there, and you think that that's probably why? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think like you look at Ashy, you look at uh, Moddy, and then it's like even Jasper Fletcher is yep. playing some really good footy for us at the moment. So he's another yep. one that. That probably goes under the radar because of Ashy and Ashy being probably the main man that should win the Rising Star. I'm going to say. I like so you're saying. Hold on, you're saying Ashy, Harry Sheasel, and Moddy. Yep. Okay. I'm going to say. Oh, it's a hard one, and I just want to always. I want to be different to you, but it's I. I have to agree with Ashy. I think. I think. The other two that I'm going to mention were closing the gap a little bit, but I think his last couple of games have been, you know, the one before the one on the weekend against the Eagles, he was outstanding, unbelievable. So I think Ashy. I reckon second will be um, Mitch Owens from St. Kilda. I'm going to yep. say Mitch Owens because the games that I've seen, mate, I reckon he's going to be a star, absolute superstar. Mm. Mitch Owens, mm. and I think toss-up between – Oh, it's a hard one because Jai Amis, Amis, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, from Frio. He's had some like real strong games. He's been good against us both times. But Harry Sheasel's body of work has been really, really – like he's he probably a chance to win the North Melbourne best and fairest. I'm probably going to say Sheasel. So I'll go Ashy, Owens, and Sheasel. They're my three. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. Coleman Medal. Coleman medal, oh, I wouldn't have a clue. I'm going to say... I know it's not votes, obviously not votes, but yeah. 
I'll, I'll say mine because you, I'll let you have a little look to see what you All think. Right. But I think, and I'm hoping, uh, naughty or someone like the Bulldogs can come late. But I guess to kick you know, a bag. But I think <laughs> Taylor Walker, Texan win. Yep, I think Charlie Kerno is going to hang in there, especially with now Harry Mackay, unfortunately not being available for the rest of the uh, the season. Well, the regular season that is. Um, praying that he gets better, and I'm going to say, ooh, I'm going to say Charlie Cameron makes a run real late and, and starts ooh. kicking heaps. All right. Well, I've got mine. I'm going to go. Right. Charlie Kerno is going to win now because Harry Mackay's out, and they're just going to gear to him all the time. And the Blues are going well um, at the moment, which is good to see, especially after we talked about him early in the year and all their fans yep. getting around him or hating on him, really. Um, so I'm sure those fans are getting around them now when they're playing some good footy. But uh, Charlie Kerno's my number one. Tex Walker will be second. And then Joey Danaher for third. Okay. We're going to get him up there. Okay. Not too dissimilar from mine. Not bad. Uh, two more. Surprise. I was going to say all Australian captain or something, but I don't want, you know, I genuinely believe, this is what I genuinely believe from being around, obviously now this is my 12th season. I don't, I don't think the last oh, maybe month of footy really matters for the All-Australian selectors. I think up to around 18, 19, or in this case 20 because 21, 20, there's four more games after that. I reckon they've got it in their mind who's getting picked. Maybe there's one or two that might surprise it, and that's probably rightfully so because the body of work that's been put in. I want a surprise All-Australian. I want you to give me a surprise All-Australian. One that just off the top of my head is Dan Houston from Port Adelaide. Oh, my that's, God. That's you one for me. actually read my mind. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, that's who I had, Dan Houston. Way to ruin it. <laughs> oh, I had Dan Houston. There you well. go. Yes. Okay. Well, I think I had Dan Houston. I'm going to think now off the top of my head because I actually had two Port Adelaide players. I was trying to think of a team that's going well and, you know, who doesn't really get spoken about. One, I think, from Port, could be Jeremy Finlayson. Yep. And I know it's hard because it's a forward line position and there's so many good forwards. But I I look and I, I think he's going to end up being the leading goal kicker for Port Adelaide. They're going to finish either first or second. And yeah, that's a pretty good season. And he's a pretty handy player, Jez Finlayson, when he's up and about. So Dan Houston was my initial answer, but um I'm gonna go, I'm gonna roll with Je- Jeremy Finlayson. What about someone like a just singing off the top of my head again, like a Grian Myers. Oh, yeah, he was definitely someone I thought of, but I don't think it'd be too much of a surprise because he's been playing unbelievably. Like, if I was picking my Australian team as a forward, it'd be hard to not have him in there because doesn't he lead yeah. like goal assists? He leads kick- score assists, yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't kick as many goals. So like, okay. the stat isn't there for goals probably, but it's there for. Yeah. Goal, goal assist or score assist. Yeah. So I feel like everyone would overlook him in that yep. regard, but they shouldn't overlook him because he's setting up all these scores. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he'd be yeah, another one for me. One. You know what? I'm just going to throw it out there because I don't think he ever gets in the squad, which is just blows my mind. Tom Libertore. Yeah. yeah. He never gets in the squad. He wasn't even in it last year. It's unbelievable. But, um, but yeah, he's just a little teammate of mine that hopefully he gets in there. And um, last one, top three in the Brownlow. 
Oh, it's going to be Dacos. <laughs> yes. It's going to be Dacos. Uh, I was waiting for you to try and say something because you know I'm going to say that. Dacos, Butters. Tries. And oh, who's another one? Lockie Neal. Dacos, Bont. Only just, I think, because Dakes is playing the way that he's playing, so it's just penciling in three votes and that's what we're talking about. But people, they're not forgetting how well Bont's playing. He's been, you know, as good as he was two years ago in that year where he came second at Ollie Wines. And um, he's a proven vote getter. So I'm going to say Bont second. And oof, I'm going to say either Zach Butters or Jaw, uh, not Jordan Dawson, Tim Taranto. I'm going to say Tim Taranto. They're my three. All right. It's a nice little, uh, nice little segment that we can do, and we can address it at the end of the year when we know uh, maybe on our last episode. But um, any other footy talk you want to talk about before we move on to our start bench cut, we've, which we've got two this week? Yeah, now nah, let's move on to it because I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be good. Tennis. So we've got Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and Novak Djokovic. Start bench cut. All right, I'm going to go first. Starting uh, the Fed Express, starting him. I'm benching. Djokovic and cutting Nadal. Oh, this one's going to end pretty quick because I almost I agree with you pretty much, but just for the sake of it, I'm going to I'll start. I was always going to start Fed. Love Fed. He's not only my yep. favorite tennis player, but one of my favorite athletes of all time. I'm then going to say I'll bench Rafa, and I will cut Novak. You're only saying that because I said <laughs> <laughs> you just want to be opposite and you just want to stir the pot. So no, I'm not. We can no, just, I'm not. We can just move on to the next one because you know, no, I know that you know exactly what I'm thinking. I'm saying that if it wasn't for injury breaking Rafa down, that in his prime, absolute prime, you've got one game, Novak versus Rafa. You've got one game in their prime. I'm going to take Rafa over Novak. And I'm going to choose the clay court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the clay court. Yeah, good. All right, fair enough. You can have that. I'll let that, let that one slide. <laughs> Let's get the funny one. Let's get the funny one. That is a hard one. I'm interested to see what people say for that one. The funny one, this was sent in by Will underscore Warren underscore eight has sent this in. So it's a food start bench cut. Hot chips, pizza, steak. <laughs> and when I say steak, it's your choice of steak. So... You choose the steak, you're choosing the pizza, and you choose whatever hot chips you want. So I'll let you answer first. Okay, I'm going to start steak. Like the best steak you can imagine, well, which I'm would starting be what? steak. Freaking Wagyu. What is nah, it? I'm going to say like a really good like ribeye or something like that, like scotch fillet. I'm not going Wagyu. I'm staying in mainstream <laughs> kind of steak areas. But uh, okay. starting steak, uh, I'm going to bench hot chips. And then cut pizza because I feel like pizza is, it's got to be really good quality pizza to be like, you know, up there. But for me, I think hot chips is second and, and then the pizza is third. Okay. Well, I'm starting pizza, oh, starting pizza oh. easily. And I'm I'm talking the seven ninety five special from uh, Johnny Boys up the road or whatever you want to call it, the, where they load the toppings up and they get the cheese and the ham and all everything you want. Extra cheese. I'm benching hot chips and I'm cutting steak. How? 
because I've never ever <laughs> I love this. Never been a I've never really been a steak man. I don't mind it. You give me double like extra fried hot chips because this is how I want the hot chips. I'm talking like double fried hot chips where it's super crunchy. Every chip is crunchy. That beats a steak out every time. And pizza and steak, not even in the same ballpark, mate. Pizza is a mile ahead of steak. Oh, nah, I'm complete opposite to you. Complete opposite. <laughs> nah, give me my my favorite kind of pizza is a Hawaiian pizza with extra cheese. Pineapple and pizza, actually. That's another one. Do you have pineapple and pizza? Yes. Oh, well, there you go. We agree Love on that, it. but. A Hawaiian pizza with extra cheese, one, double fried hot chips. And I know as I'm saying this right now, Brado, who's always in the air, would be laughing his absolute head off. Double fried <laughs> hot chips and steak is last. Uh, you know why I reckon you like pizza so much? Because you watch those shit YouTube videos of <laughs> ASMR or whatever it's called of people just eating pizza and chips all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't watch that anymore. Uh, yes, you do. One. No, I cannot. Lie. I cannot wait to uh, see again what our viewers say. But well done on the start bench cut. Um, we're going to finish with questions. Thank you for everyone for sending them through. We've got some. Uh, I had some ripping questions sent to me. I mean, I've saved that many. I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to start with a really good one. This actually made me think. But I want you to. This is obviously for you, not for me. Yeah. So this is from the kid underscore mgs. He said, if you could go to 2030 for 10 minutes, what's the thir- first thing you're Googling? 2030 for 10 minutes. So right now, you're you're going to wake up and for the next 10 minutes, it's 2030. So you've lived seven years of your life. What's the first thing you're Googling? To find out or what do you mean by that? I don't know. Yeah, to find out, mate. I'll tell you what oh. I'm Googling. I'm oh. going to jump straight on to my Wikipedia page and see if I won a premiership because that's what I want to win a premiership. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know. I'm probably just, <laughs> I don't know. I'll do the same thing or I don't know, Google like something new that's come out or something good. I've got no idea. That is one of the most random questions I've heard. This is, this is a good one. This is from Maddie 157113. What's the best dog breed? Cavoodle. Is that because of Arch or you genuinely, they're your favorite dog breed? Nah, I think anything cross a uh, poodle is really good. I feel like those kind of dogs, because they're very bubbly and stuff. So I've got a Cavoodle in Archie, as you said, but yep. I think anything cross poodle is really, really nice and, and good fun. My mine's a simple one, my Husky and my uh, my Golden Retriever, but my favorite dog no, breed growing up was one. always a Husky. <laughs> What'd you say? I said you got to pick one. You can't just say, "Oh, my two dogs." You got to. Okay, say, oh, can you, you give me? Tell me who do you think I'm choosing? <laughs> uh, you're definitely not choosing Sonny. You're choosing. Uh, <laughs> you're Griff. right. You know me too well. Who's Griff? <laughs> Griff's my boy. Griff's my my husky for what it's worth. So, all right, I've got one here. Um, okay. It's good to see that the uh, the big the great man Aaron Norton's writing into our questions. He's like, <laughs> "Where's a calf tape?" For those that don't know, who calf tape is taping that you put on your calf when you've got it you might have a small tear and uh naughty's had plenty of those and you've had plenty of those adzy so mm-hmm. he's asking me where the calf tapes at so um thanks for that naughty but i'll find another question in a second just wanted to get around him because he actually uh right into in. us which is nice yeah i had a, I had a couple little uh funny ones your brother asked me what my favorite uh 
order from Max Brenner is. And from what it's worth, it's oh. the Italian it's the Italian hot chocolate, which is a little bit thicker. There's a little bit more chocolate in it. So for those who haven't been to Max Brenner, uh, the Italian hot chocolate. Yeah, I they were talking about it before we walked before I came on. They were like us because Lara's here as well at the moment, and uh, they were like us, Adam. What Max Brenner is or whatever it's called. <laughs> I was like, what is that? You got one for me, All mate, right, or you want me to? I've got one. I've got one from L underscore SCH sixty four. Would you rather cry tomato sauce or sweat honey? Oh, I'll do both quite a bit. So I'd probably <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say sweat. Sweat honey. Sweat yeah. honey? Yeah. Yeah, I'd sweat honey. Get a bit peckish, go grab a go toast some toast and just wipe it on your on your sweat and have some honey. What do you reckon? I don't mind that. I'd probably go I'd definitely go that. I'm not a huge fan of tomato sauce anymore. Used to. Neither used to love it. Never but, mind. Go to Macca's meal from Felicity Archer. Oh, I'd have an obvious answer straight away if you ask me Hungry Jacks or KFC, but Macca's. I'd probably say I always get the thick shake. I love the thick shake. So I'd get a strawberry thick shake and I would definitely get chips. So I don't order the meal. I always order things separately because I just want to be weird like that. So chips, yeah, weird. I, I reckon I'm getting a couple hash browns. Because I have no doubt after we've played and we've gone through Maccas at midnight, we've got hash browns. Um, and oh, I don't really, I don't know. That's pretty much it. I'm not a big fan of the burgers. For me, it's definitely hash browns. So I always get hash browns. I get a vanilla thick shake. Mm-hmm. I'll get chips and I get nuggets as well because I share with the family. If the family are here, we uh, we all share. We give Archie a couple. He always knows <laughs> post 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 game. He knows when I'm kitted up in my lion's kit or dog's he's kit for nuggets example, last year. He knows that he's getting nuggets at night, so he waits up for us. And when we get home, he's scratching the door and he's ready to go. So give him a couple of chicken nuggets, which is the <laughs> he loves. I've got a good one. This is actually a really good one. I'd love to know yours. This is from Anthony Colangel. Anthony Colangel. What are the three most used apps on your phone? Oh, how do you tell? I think you go to your screen time in settings. And screen time? In your settings and it tells yep. you. Most used. Mine, oh, yeah, I've got it. Yep. So mine is, my number three is YouTube. <laughs> what? Yeah, always yeah. watching YouTube. I told you to watch ASMR. People it's not ASMR food. because my answer will be number one, reason why I'm on YouTube. Number two is Safari. So I go on the internet. And my number one used app is the sleeper app, NFL Fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) NFL Fantasy sleeper app. That is why I'm on YouTube. That is disgraceful. I don't like that at at all. (laughs) Number three is Instagram. Number two is Messages. Oh, yeah. And then number one, number one, as you can probably tell, I've I've moved to a new town, so I'm using Google Maps. Google Maps or Apple Maps? (laughs) Google Maps, this is just a joke. We should put this poll out to our loyal fans and ask them what they use more. I'd be very surprised if it's Apple. Okay, so I'm Apple Maps, everyone, and he's Google Maps. So send us through. Um, We're blabbering on here. Two more questions each. Two more questions. This is a good one because it's relevant to us, but also you'd understand the uh, enormity of this. Premiership or Olympic gold medal? Which would you prefer? Wow. It's so hard to choose because, I mean, I know what you'd say. <laughs> I've won a premiership. I'll just win the gold medal. Lucky you. Uh, for someone like me who's lost two, oh, I'm going to say premiership 
But it's a hard one because I don't because I can see why a gold medal would mean so much because you only get you might only get one chance at it. Mm. So in terms of the enormity, I'd probably say the gold medal's probably I don't know. It's a little bit bigger. But I want to personally win an AFL premiership more. You? Oh, yeah. I think, as you said, Olympic gold medal is huge. It's a good question. From It's actually from Sasa Latus. So go. there you go. Great question. All right. I've got two more. La, uh, second last. What's something you can do that dunks can't and vice versa? Something that came to my mind straight away is I can do a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, I know you can. You've showed me that. Um, you can't say something stupid like, Drive a tractor and freaking throw the hay bales out and milk a cow and all this crap. You can't say that. You gotta say you gotta <laughs> say something proper. What do you mean? What's wrong with that? That's a thing that you can do that. So oh, well, there's not many people that. that can do that. Where I don't think there's uh, many people that can do Rubik's cubes. What about like something like change a nappy? Oh, well, you can't do that. <laughs> Cats Georgie's vomit. <laughs> yeah, Cats Georgie's vomit. Um, oh, what can't you do? There's so nothing he really you has, can't do. He, he really has to think. I love it. Because, yeah, because oh, you just, whatever it is, you just try to do it so you can do it. But I, would, I was just going to say something like cricket or something, but you think you're pretty good at cricket. But I'm not know. as good as you. I'll be the first to admit that. But uh, no, nah. we'll move on from that one. That was more for my laugh. You always do things. You always pick questions that you just know that are, you know I'm going to be pretty average at, and it's just going to make you look good. I love it. I've got a lot of questions here asking when you're going to come to Brisbane <laughs> for a holiday. Yeah, not too, not too, uh, not too far away. Yeah. Oh, I've got really. one more question. There's two questions, but there's one more. Okay. That I really want to ask because this is a good one. I would so, you need to think of this off the top of your head. Craft a netball team using AFL players. This cool. is from. Terence underscore Lambs. Defensive end, someone really tall. Someone like Mason Cox. Okay. Mason Cox? Mason Cox. Yep. Goal defense, someone agile. uh, Defender. I'm staying with Collingwood. Someone like Jeremy Howe. (laughs) Love that. Okay. May as well name the whole spine of Collingwood. No. I'll I'll change it up now. Wing defense. Wing defense. um, Lockdown. Can attack a little bit. Uh, Brad Maynard? No. I'm going to go with uh, someone like Bailey Dale. Okay. Uh, center, Adam Chaw. Come on. I'm in the team. Uh, wing attack. Um, someone offensive. Zach Bailey. Yep. Goal attack, Charlie Cameron. And a goal shooter. I want someone really tall around the league who's really tall. Someone like a Sammy Darcy. Ooh, Someone like real tall. Like or Timmy English. Timmy English. There you go. Beautiful. Okay, well done. That was my last question. Do you have any more before we wrap it up? Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, well done, mate. It's been good. It's been good. One where we had to wing it a little bit, mate, but it was good. It's been a nice little episode for us, mate. Look forward to the next one already. Me too, mate. As always, make sure uh, everyone jumps on the Oz American Aces channels everywhere you can find us. You got to keep rating us because... We're only 100 or so views away from, or ratings away from giving away an enormous prize uh, giveaway that we've got planned. Um, make sure you jump on also as well and check out the merch. We haven't got ours yet. I mean, we've been in the Tommy for it, but um, <laughs> hopefully we can There's get There's only our limited, merch stock. Soon. Exactly. Limited, limited stock. Exactly. Limited stock. Hopefully merch soon. Uh, as I said, keep rating. We're loving it. And uh, yeah, it's been a great episode, as you said. 
and look forward to next week, mate. And good luck this round. You too, mate.